Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in to DNVR Fantasy on this special live Tuesday episode presented by DraftKings, the number one sports betting app in the world. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting in now, I don't know what you're doing because big things happening all over the sporting world and Denver sports. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about our aptly titled episode injury armageddon in the nfl what a disaster this week was i mean we we knew it was going to be a crazy year we knew we'd have some wild injuries i don't think anyone expected it to be be this monstrosity by week two though yeah no this has been crazy like i have teams that are missing three starters you know michael thomas i have in a couple leagues and that's not something I wanted because if you guys have been watching, you realize our takes on how to draft. If I wound up with Michael Thomas, he's out. You know, Marlon Mack out. Just so many guys. Now, Saquon, too. Christian McCaffrey's missing time. Like, nobody is safe. Think about that. The top two consensus running backs, the top consensus wide receiver. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about to the point that we're adding a second weekly episode on Thursday to kind of look forward to week three. But right now, with Monday night in the books from last night, another wild one, we want to recap the wild week, get you ready for the waiver wire, which is going to be as important as any waiver wire, probably in NFL fantasy football history. And we start with the Cleveland Derby, or the Ohio Derby, rather, Browns against Bengals on Thursday night. Joe Burrow... With some injuries, with some some rough starts at quarterback, I think of Carson Wentz or a lot of Broncos fans might have drafted Drew Locke, who's now injured. Joe Burrow should be on most waiver wires. You could do a lot worse than Joe Burrow, who turns out maybe the Chargers defense is just really good because how he played against the Browns was completely different than how he played against L.A. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and, you know, he was somebody who I wasn't, as excited about as I probably should have been, you know, just because we knew for so long that he was the number one overall pick, you know, it was so easy to just say, okay, it's January. Well, he's going to the Bengals. And so on the draft podcast, we didn't talk about, but now finally getting to watch him in the NFL, having a reason to really like dive in and watch him. He looks good. He looks really, really good. And I like what those receivers are doing as well. AJ green hurt now too, of course though. (sighs) Yeah, brutal. Tyler Boyd was really the one guy who had a good game. Uh, Mixon was serviceable, but doesn't get in the end zone, which really hurt you. Mm-hmm. Guy, are you are you posted up? Are you ready to talk with us? Because now's your big moment. Kareem Hunt. I don't think anyone made more out of their touches than Kareem Hunt, who just on 12 touches hauls in both his targets, gets a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown on just 10 rushing yards. Kareem Hunt. Looking very fantasy viable, you told us. So, here's your victory lap. Yeah, I hate to say I told you so. So, uh, welcome to Miami, I guess. But Kareem Hunt, I this is a guy that, what, you were able to get him in, like, what, sixth, seventh round? Yeah. I'm loving the way he's playing, and I'm loving the way they're using him in that offense. Nick Chubb, it seems like the game script is always going away from him. He had a decent game this week. Great game. 
Yeah. Right. But Kareem Hunt is always involved no matter what. And he's really eating into Nick Chubb's ceiling. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you have the opportunity, if someone wants to trade you Kareem Hunt right now, I would jump all over it. But I also think that he's right now, you're going to be buying him at a high point. And um, that's a tough sell for me right now. Even as much as I like him, uh, the value for what you're going to be getting uh, is a little bit uh, overpriced. 26.3 points for Nick Chubb in this one so far. Far from a you know bad game for him, but I do wonder if with Kareem Hunt being so good, might be time to feel out some sell highs after a nice week two against the Bengals on Thursday night. Okay, we move on quickly. Giants, Bears, man, uh, devastating. I do not feel good about telling you I told you so about Saquon because I didn't see the injury happening. I think I was right about the Giants offense kind of being a stinker, but... uh devastating to have him go out with an ACL one of the most exciting players in all of football yeah it changes things and you know the tough part here compared to a bunch of other injuries that happened across the NFL is that I don't really trust either of the guys who are going to get more touches with him out and and this is the one place where I think that there is just one fewer running back that you can have in fantasy football you know you look at Christian McCaffrey it's like Go pick up Mike Davis, and we'll yep. get into this later, but that is somebody who will be a good fantasy value until Christian McCaffrey comes back. With Saquon, he's just like adding to this vacuum that already existed before the season for fantasy running backs. Rough. I guess on the other side, David Montgomery, one of my starts for the week, did have a good game. Tariq Cohen got paid this week, but he has not been fantasy viable. Even in PPRs, I'm not sure what you do with him. Guy, are you panicking if you're an Allen Robinson owner? One of the few top 15 wide receivers still healthy at this point, but he hasn't played like a top 15 performer. I get that, but at the same time, if things happen, has he signed a deal yet, or are they still, they're still like quote-unquote working on it? Yeah. And he still could potentially get traded. If he gets traded to a new team, that's actually probably the best case scenario here, which would be, I mean, whoever's going to pick him up is obviously going to have big plans for him. Totally. Um, and he's going to you know factor in that offense in a huge way. At the same time, I mean, the Bears are winning games, and I think that's kind of hampering their passing game um, because they're able to play a little bit more conservatively to try to seal the win. I think once they start playing some more difficult opponents and they have to air the ball out more and depend on you know uh, a faster offense, I think you're going to start to see more um, production from Allen Robinson. So if it were me, I mean... If Allen Robinson were in a trade, I think I would I would value him pretty well because you're buying him at a lower point and uh, his value is only going to increase from here. I think you're kind of you're seeing the floor right now, and you're able to buy at that floor. It would be a good option. Yeah, good point to be made. The Bears, one of the most the most surprising two and O team in the NFL. Ooh, they're pretenders. Close, low scoring games. Once they start to get behind, which we expect them to do quite often, they'll definitely have to target Robinson more. Okay, let's go to the fantasy game of the week. Probably the game of the week with the Cowboys storming back to beat the Falcons 40-39. to 39. Uh, Both these quarterbacks, who we were pretty high on the value mm-hmm. you could get, both Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott at in drafts, had terrific games. Uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, who now with the injuries to McCaffrey, with the injury uh, to Saquon, clearly the best running back remaining healthy in all of fantasy football. C.D. Lamb's an absolute stud, it turns out, and Calvin Ridley is having the breakout of breakouts. I mean, talk about a guy who's really making you look like a genius as far as top 20 picks at wide receiver. Someone who's really struggled, however, early on in the year, Julio Jones. Anyone panicking here? Is this another buy low target? No. That's a tough call. It's yeah. a really tough call because I really, I, he is a, still a great receiver, and so you have to think that the numbers are going to come. But, you know, at this point, I'm not sure that I am trying to buy low on a guy like that just because of all the injuries. Like these two-for-one trades where you're sending two guys who are like probably like mid-level value to get him back and maybe some players worse. Like that is not my strategy right now. Instead, I'd much rather buy into a guy like Russell Gage, the third receiver, or a guy like uh, C.D. Lamb on the other side of this game. Uh, who's like a, a number three receiver as well, just because I do think that with all these injuries – the number three receivers in good offenses are guys that I really want to target. I'm not so sure I want to be trying to consolidate assets assets at this point 
if I have other options. Yeah, Julio did have a mega drop. I don't know if you guys saw that. I mean, it, it should have been a touchdown. It just kind of slipped uh, through his arms. That would have ended the game for the Falcons and would have really made a huge difference for his fantasy output. So kind of some fluky stuff going on, but this is what Guy had warned us about with wide receivers, right? Much more feast or famine than your top running backs who are going to be reliable. And that's once again, while we weren't really targeting wide receivers early in drafts and kind of holding off there. And honestly, like irrespective of how, how you feel as of the Falcons as an actual NFL team, I think they're a gold mine right now for fantasy and sure. I'm buying anything I can get from them. Hayden Hurst fan had a fantastic game. Like you said, Russell Gage had a good game. Um, I doubt you're really going to be able to get him at a fair price right now. So I would be wary of buying him, but Julio Jones is someone that I see as a buy low candidate right now, because yep. like you said, yep. that drop was uncharacteristic of him. And yes. you said he's a great receiver. That's still underselling him. He's at least a top three receiver in this league. And that's a, a team that's very pass happy with a bad defense. So they always have a game strip going towards Julio Jones producing. And I think he'll pick it up because he's, He's Julio Jones, man. Like, we we know what we're getting from him. And with all these other guys dropping like flies, the ones that are truly elite yeah. are fewer and further between. So I'm actually going the opposite direction of mm. Hank here. And I think that I would be more willing to give up some assets to try and consolidate and really get a top-tier guy because there are so many various waiver wire pickup options out there that you can easily fill holes when you're consolidating into like a truly elite talent, that's going to be the core of your team. So if it's me, that's what I would be going for. Yeah, yeah. definitely buying that Falcons offense mm. transition here. Another offense I'm definitely buying in is the green Bay Packers. I was a skeptic coming into the year. Aaron Rodgers proving me right. I wasn't skeptical about Aaron Jones and uh, yeah. I think I was the only guy here who had Aaron Jones ranked ahead of Saquon Barkley. You were. I uh, <laughs> probably was one of the few in the world. So I guess the injury gods have rewarded me with that. Aaron Jones gets two touchdowns on the ground, a touchdown in the air. Really looked well. A.J. Dillon has yet to make a dent in that production. And, I mean, a little disappointing from Devontae Adams and some of the wide receivers for Green Bay. Not much to do here with really, the Lions offense. Really quick, just to touch on a point you made there. You said A.J. Dillon has yet to make a dent into this offense, or at least Aaron Jones' production. I think that yet is huge yet because he's looking really good, and I think they're starting to work him into that offense. And I think if you're feeling frisky, if you're 2-0, and if you can find a way to get A.J. Dillon and have him just kind of chilling on your bench, I think he's in for a couple big weeks coming up. I could see it. You know so, who's also playing really well, though? Aaron Jones. I know that. Yeah. I'm I'm well aware of that. But at the <laughs> same time, I think that, uh, you know, I say this uh, knocking on wood as an Aaron Jones owner, but I just I I don't know if he can keep it up. Like, I hope he does. But at the right, same right, time, right, like, right, this right. is pretty insane production. And, uh, I mean, these are two very bad teams that they played against in the Vikings and the Lions. And yeah, look it's, like it's kind of an embarrassment that, those teams weren't able to keep it closer, especially considering that the Lions were up like what fourteen to three in the first quarter. Yep. And then they got thirty-one straight points scored on them. Uh, you talk about the Vikings just looking like a shell of their former selves. So I think that these matchups have been making him look very good. And if you have him, you're very happy with his production, and you hope it continues. And you love the way they're using him in the offense. I wouldn't get too far ahead of myself to be proclaiming him the number one running back in fantasy just yet, but. Uh, you know, we'll see Looking with these good. upcoming matchups. If he can continue to produce, then I'll have to eat my words. Like I said, I also did invest in Aaron Jones. So, you know, I do believe him to a well, certain extent. Value. But I think that, you know, temper expectations is a little bit on that. Also, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's really good. He's averaging just under 15 points per game through two games. Obviously still early. But he's also dropped two balls that touchdowns. And if he catches one of those in each of those games, and all of a sudden you're looking at somebody who's put up over 20 points per game, I don't know that he holds up with this level of production, but I do think he's probably worth grabbing and stashing, especially because this offense looks so good. And mm -hmm. I, I think that he's starting to solidify himself as the number two receiver ahead of Alan Lazard, but that's going to be a back and forth battle all the way through. That's another third wide receiver in a good offense that you're targeting. Exactly. To Gage and CeeDee Lamb right there. 
a really interesting game for waiver wire purposes was Jaguars against the Titans. You know, we talked about quarterback targets. If you lost a Drew Locke, someone like that, Minshew would be uh, the top of the list for me. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, too. I'm, I'm buying mm-hmm. what Tannehill is doing. I think James Robinson uh, kind of taking over that that backfield for the Jaguars as one of the top waiver wire targets. I think it should be noted that Ryan Tannehill did what he did without A.J. Brown, correct? He was out sure for this game, did. and he was still able sure to produce. Did. Johnny Smith is like, I think he is probably one of my top three waiver wire pickups right now. Yep, streamlining um, how, tight ends. He's yeah, big. how the Titans have used Delaney Walker in years past. I think Johnny Smith is, I mean, he's an amazing athlete. He's someone that I was looking at as a deep sleeper before the season during, you know, fantasy no. football drafts. I wasn't able to pick him up uh, in my in my uh, dynasty, which is unfortunate because now he's blown up and I'm not going to be able to get him at a fair price. But if you're able in a redraft, he should be available. And I think he's a big pickup, especially if you're hurting right now. If you're like, say, a George Kittle owner and you're worried about uh, filling that hole, Johnny Smith is a big pickup this week for me. Yep. Tyler Eifert kind of looking frisky in this too. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, when you get to his age as a tight end, you can't really get open for yourself. I mean, you can get open for yourself a little bit, but you need the other people around you to be drawing the attention of the defense. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening with those other weapons in Jacksonville. He can eat on these open underneath looks and do some other stuff too. I, I like that take, Andre. Janu, definitely a, a priority mm-hmm. pickup. Eifert, though, if you're kind of streaming tight ends, not a bad option. Yeah. Anything else here? Nice to see DJ Shark get back in line. Aside from that, uh, yeah, well, I mean, James Robinson, man. Uh, we'll talk about a few more tie-end waiver wire pickups, but Robinson, especially this week, is as high on the list as you can get. I, yeah, I yep. can't imagine he's available in any leagues, but if he is, then yeah, go out of your way to get him. I will but say... He didn't have a huge game week one, so I think he'll probably be available more than others. There's a couple we'll guys see. who should be available for we him. We will see. I mean, I think knowing, like, even if it wasn't a very big game, but knowing that he was the unquestioned RB1 and with Chris Thompson just kind of disappearing. Chris Thompson, you know, he did a little bit in this game, but at the same time, I think that you can truly see that James Robinson is carrying the workload there in Jacksonville. I will say, though, Keelan Cole had a decent game, but I would be very wary of him moving forward. I wouldn't spend too much uh, fab if you're, you know, in a bidding war there in uh, your your waiver wire situation. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I still have to see more from him is all I'm going to say there. He could be good, but I'm not ready to trust it just yet. The offense is feeling nice, though, right? So that's a low-key... Okay. By low on offense, that isn't looking nice, and you should sell every investment you have on the Minnesota offense. Like right now, yesterday, uh, a week ago, it's terrible. Gary Kubiak hasn't been very good to fantasy owners, and that seems to really be the case this year. Well, on the other side, the Colts kind of surprised us. Jonathan Taylor is the big takeaway mm-hmm. here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just so dynamic. And obviously now, I mean, what is it? 26 carries. That is the kind of number that you just can't ignore. I mean, if he is on your team, you have to start him now. There was maybe a little bit of a question last week at this point. It's put him in your lineup every week until these touches go down. And, uh, you know, I I am fully bought in. If you can go out and get him, why not? Because with rookies, you, you expect them to get better over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. There is that rookie wall before the playoffs, and maybe that factors in somehow. But I'm on the Jonathan Taylor hype train for sure. I mean, with all the injuries at running back, if we were to like rank running backs going into week three, he's probably he's knocking on the door of being a top 10 RB1 going into the week. Top 10, that's it? Well, I mean, I'm saying, you know, conservatively. Went down, Christian McCaffrey's out. I yeah. I would put Jonathan Taylor pretty much within my top five. There's a good yeah. chance. Naheem Hines was, like, non-existent, and this is coming from a guy who hyped Hines. him up on Sunday, and now I look like an idiot. Uh, I, I couldn't one, believe yeah. that he disappeared in that offense with no Marlon Mack, and he was already being featured in that offense, and all of a sudden he was just gone. And in such a high-scoring yeah. game where you figured that they would use him a little bit more, uh, that kind of blew my mind, and it really solidified uh, just how important Jonathan Taylor is right now. Uh, well, what a, for me. what a difference a lead makes, right? The power mm-hmm. back when the Colts were up comfortably most of the game, they fed Jonathan Taylor. In a game Still. week one where it was, you know, neck and neck with the Jaguars, 
Naeem Hines got a few more touches as the receiving back. But that's the thing with rookies. We got to be more patient without preseason, you know, and already week two, I think we're starting to see a few more returns. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's probably closer to top five than top ten. He's instantly uh, uh, a fantasy starter on RB1, and I think a new QB1 to add to your list is Jonathan Allen, another yeah. guy who the rule of if you have him on your team, you got to start him right now probably applies to he had the best game of his career, um, you know, against the Dolphins this week. High-scoring game. Dolphins, man. Gasecki's a stud. Yep. Uh, John Brown, if John Josh Allen's going to play this way, is a guy you definitely need to. We didn't talk about him much preseason, but you need to pay attention to. And Miles Gaskin in this backfield is pesky. You need to pay attention to him because he's going to get some production. Yeah, I already have him on one of my benches, and uh, I'm kind of stoked that I was able to get him basically for free off the waiver wire last week and find a spot for him. Um, kind of interested to see what he can do, but I don't really trust that offensive line that much. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, Mike Kosicki is like he's the guy to own on that offense right now. Um, he's basically just like their wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by Devontae Parker's involvement in the offense. Um, yeah. I was pretty down on this week. I almost put him on my sits. Um, ended up not doing that, thankfully. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty, I don't know, worried, we'll just say, uh, just based on his injury history and how it's affected his performance in years past. Um, and to see him be able to come into this game questionable and still produce um, in a game where really, like, you know, the Bills are one of the better teams, I think, in the AFC. So uh, game script seems like, like it's it. always going to be favoring him being in that game. So. Yeah, and jumping jumping back to Gaskin, he was on the field for 65% of the offensive plays. That's a huge number, especially compared to the second most for running back, Matt Breed, a 21%. And then behind him, uh, Jordan Howard at 11%. It's looking like this is his backfield. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor, by the way. 67% for him, 12% for Naeem Hines. Yeah. Um, moving on, Niners, Jets, that Niners offense that I was so invested in to start the year, shell of itself, there is not one starter essentially uh, left uh, because Garoppolo's injured. Their mm -hmm. top two running backs are injured. Jordan Reed had a great game uh, because Kittle is, you know, <laughs> not healthy. So Jarek McKinnon is the big storyline here because if there's one guy to start next week, it's him. If there's one guy who's up there with Mike Davis and James Robinson as the top uh, waiver wire pickup in fantasy, it's him. We'll talk about Devontae Freeman in a sec. Yeah. But, man, I mean, what a bummer for anyone who invested in Kittle, anyone mm -hmm. who waited to pick up their wide receivers late or uh, bought into Mostert, who is looking really good. Now the Niners are just like backups and second strings on offense it's crazy 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 it is but that's the stuff that happens and that's what we were talking about before the season that's like, this season for sure the, we, we didn't say like the 49ers are going to be terrible but you knew that they could potentially be in line for regression and now we're seeing that regression i didn't see it happening <laughs> this way yeah we'll seriously. just say that i mean jimmy garoppolo did tear his acl you know a season and a half ago so mm. this was never really out of the realm of possibility for him Sure. Uh, Kittle has been dealing with injuries in seasons past, so that was kind of a possibility for him as well. Um, I mean, on Thursday, I think we'll get more into like the future of this team. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think my biggest takeaway from this is with all of the injuries that the Niners had and how they were just a shell their former selves in the second half, the Jets still couldn't do a goddamn thing. And at this point, anybody I see playing the Jets is an instant start. Like they just look like mm -hmm. hot trash. And I, that's that's just a place to feast for anybody. I mean, they couldn't even. That's a, it's a complete second squad that they were unable to even you know put a dent in that uh, deficit. And yeah, they're yep. in trouble. Yeah, um, the Jets are bad. The Jets are terrible. If you can pick up the defense that's playing the Jets, that is your play for the rest of the season. Like I'm throwing in that waiver claim every week, dropping my defense for whoever's playing the Jets, and if it goes through, that's great. And I get him. If it doesn't, then I'll just keep riding with whoever it is. I There's have multiple teams like that right now. This is, there are a, couple, this is yeah. a complete, like, when we talk about taking your defense and your kicker in the last two spots, 
this right here is the case for it because you've got teams like the Broncos who are decimated by injuries. Mm -hmm. You've got the Vikings who are just a mess. The Jets. There's plenty of other teams that really, I mean, look at the Falcons with the way their defense collapsed. Like there's so many teams right now that if you play, if you just look at spot starting defenses against them, you can really feast on that. And, you know, these high rated defenses, like say the Steelers are really not performing up to standard as well. So streaming defense is the way to go is the, uh, the lesson, the takeaway there. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we jump into another team that, I mean, the Eagles might not quite be at that level, but it's starting to almost They're get close. there. Yeah. 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 Uh, shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, the top rated sports betting app in the country. Always such great, uh, you know, odds boosts, props, especially for our fantasy listeners. There's all sorts of individual props that you can jump on like i had philip rivers to throw an interception as my big prop going into the week it's a good one he had a tip pick down in the red zone on their very first possession it was a beauty what was your prop it was an individual Ooh. based oh lavisca chanel no that was rk's what was mine i'm totally blanking on it uh shame on you for forgetting that you can no, get you had, all the same these. Prop. you had the same no, prop no we had the other two the same mine was uh Russell Wilson more passing yards than Cam Newton because oh, Cam failed. was the favorite. It did fail. That failed. F the first time I've bet against the Patriots in months, and I miss because of it. It's what I deserve. Yep, that failed. So all of that fun stuff, I mean, really, it's a great place for fantasy users to take advantage of their knowledge and get those props in or, uh, you know, you want to fade the Jets, go for it. Because early in the season, you're not getting those massive point spreads that you will be getting soon enough. That was my lock was the Steelers minus seven, or I'm sorry, the 49ers minus seven over the Jets. They won by uh, over 21. So yeah, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. Pick, uh, I mean, all sorts of great deals. Uh, that they have must be 21 or older Colorado only profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. I teased it. We had a great matchup of uh golf versus Wentz mm -hmm. picks one and two um, of their respective draft classes. Miles Sanders returns. He plays great. Aside from their tight ends, basically the only guy you want to mess with on this Eagles offense because everyone else is looking like trash. Well, the Rams offense is really looking great. Goff has been phenomenal. Cooper Cup had a really big game. Uh, Tyler Higby, Bobby another Trees. tight end. My boy Bobby Trees got mm -hmm. paid too. I'm loving him yep. right now. Yeah. And uh, here, this is a backfield you're really interested in because Malcolm Brown gets hurt. Cam Akers gets hurt. Daryl Henderson has a nice game. And they pick up Devontae Freeman from free agency. Perfect for this system. When did that happen? The former Falcon. I don't know, man. Uh, last couple days. Look at you know, that. So Kyle Shanahan was, uh, you know, Freeman in Kyle Shanahan's offense has been outstanding. Similar offense here with the Rams. I think Daryl Henderson is going to get the be the guy who gets most of the touches, but the Freeman signing does scare me off a little bit. I think uh, Devontae Freeman's actually going to the Giants per Mark Garofolo oh, today. my bad. But I, I think he worked out there. Yeah, that's, that was one of the crazy ones. I didn't realize he'd signed anywhere. I thought that we were going to have to decide whether you take him as a free agent because you know he's getting signed somewhere, and there are so many options. But yeah, without them getting Devontae Freeman, I mean, last week, even with the injury to Henderson... Uh, or to Brown, sorry. Brown, 54% of the touches. Henderson, 42%. Like, that is right. tough. Like, Henderson right. might right. just take the entire load there because I don't know no, why you wouldn't. Without something like Freeman happening, that's automatic. Yeah, especially because, huge. like, when you look at the carries, 12 carries for Henderson, 81 yards, 11 carries for Malcolm Brown, 47 yards. So he was outplaying him as well. As getting this injury, like I, I would too. be all in on Daryl Henderson, even if the what weren't for the injuries. I think that he is my top waiver pickup if he uh, is available. I gotta say, as a Cam Akers owner, which I'm not, if I were one, 
two leagues. I, I've got two yeah, leagues. I would be uh, pretty concerned about that. The fact that they're really just going to anybody bet Cam Akers right now, even though he's being well, handed this opportunity on a silver yeah. platter with injuries and everything else on a good team. You see Jonathan Taylor really uh, able to take advantage of his opportunity, and Cam Akers is not able to take advantage of his opportunity. So it's uh, I, it's concerning. I mean, it, Cam Akers is a guy that you probably had to take in, what, the fifth, sixth round almost? Yeah, but does this also mean that they're just going to be passing the ball more? Like, is there a real chance that instead of what? They ran the ball 39 Mm -hmm. times last Mm -hmm. time. Uh, Again, 12 of those to Henderson. Are they going to ramp that up to the point where he's getting 25, 26 carries and you're piecing together the other 10 or 11? Or do they just start throwing the ball more? Because I really think that that's possible with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, um, who looked solid, caught four of five targets. I think... Yeah, this is an offense that I'm still willing to buy into, even with the injuries. I'm just not really sure where I would go in doing that, outside of Henderson, of course. Yeah, and we should mention, Akers did suffer a rib injury. That's mm-hmm. why he didn't play. They're saying he's, you know, day-to-day, basically. So, a status is up in the air for uh, for this Sunday. But, yeah, that seems like uh, Daryl Henderson's backfield for now. Yeah. Okay, Broncos, Steelers, no Drew Locke. Melvin Gordon plays really well. That receiving touchdown was huge um, on the Broncos side. Not many more takeaways to have. I don't think Melvin Gordon's so sustainable without Drew Locke. That becomes really hard. Interesting. That touchdown was key for him. I don't know that you can keep that up. On the other side, James Conner, everything came down to that 159-yard run against the gas defense. He doesn't get that. It's a terrible game for him. It's kind of a terrible game for the Steelers' offense, aside from two young wide receivers. Deontay Johnson looked really good. Chase Claypool, I think both, especially in deeper leagues, especially in PPR leagues, need to be picked up and at the bottom of your roster because I see plenty of upside with those guys. Yep, and uh, last week I was pounding the Benny Snell table, um, but he only had four touches. And right now, if you're one of the people who did pick him up or you had him beforehand or whatever – it's time to cut that man and start putting in waiver claims for the guys that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, not not great from Benny Snell. I mean, there's always an injury around the corner, especially with James Conner. So kind of be guarded, but uh, yeah. Another running back that was pretty disappointed, Ronald Jones, the second mm. for me. All of a sudden, that's Leonard Fournette's backfield. So You think so? Yeah. Or is this just like back to the clown car? Has it... Like, because before it, it looked like it was going to be Ronald Jones's backfield. I guess before that, it looked like a clown car. But then now, are we to the point where it's shifted back to the center where it's a split? Or is it really just Leonard I mean, Fournette from here on out? They're definitely riding the hot hand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that Fournette was that devastating with just 12 carries. That, that might as well true. be Russian roulette over there in Tampa Bay. I want nothing to do with that backfield. I didn't want anything to do with it in the beginning of the season. And now that we're here just the unpredictability of it. Someone's going to go off. You don't know who. And, you know, barring injuries, you're never really sure if you should be starting the guy or not. It's just a crapshoot, and I want nothing to do with that. Agreed. With all the injuries at wide receiver, I I do think there's plenty of RB2 value with who's in that backfield. You just need to be clever about guessing who that is. And maybe you're better off picking up whoever's going to be the starter in Carolina to take over for Christian McCaffrey. Looks like it's going to be Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, though, sneakily someone who you need to keep an eye on at least. Yeah, and that would be a lot of fun, but I'm not willing to bet on it until I see it. Until then, I'm betting on Mike Davis being the guy that they roll with, You know, especially because we saw him catch the ball which is such a big part of what that offense wants to do and if you're the guy who's getting those catches I think let's see I just pulled it up yeah eight catches for 74 yards those numbers probably won't be that high but he's still going to at least get you three or four I'm pretty confident pick up 20 yards at least there so there's six points on top of what he can do running the ball which is good enough for me to say start him definitely pick him up he's right up there in that top tier of waiver claims for me too um, especially because all of these running backs are hurt. Yep. Cardinals, Washington professional football team. <laughs> Guy, is Kyler Murray so good that he's concerning you a little bit for your Kenyon Drake takes? Mm. 
Is he stealing too many touches from the Drake? This is some galaxy brain stuff right here. I'm not thinking that far. I'm just seeing all the potential that's on that offense, and I think everyone stands to benefit from it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm in love with the Cardinals right now. I'm I mean I I need to get myself a Cardinals hat because really the season appears to be over for the Broncos, and that's the team that I am the highest on right now. I got the Seahawks right up there, but the Cardinals, oh, their ceiling is just like. It's immense. After what we've seen with breakout seasons from Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I'm just I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that this is Kyler Murray's year. I have money on him winning the MVP this season, and uh, I don't know if I have them going all the way to the Super Bowl, but they're definitely making the playoffs, and that's an explosive offense that runs a ton of plays. Everyone's involved there. Love to see it, and they kind of have a bad defense, so they're always going to have a game strip that's going to favor getting more opportunities for all these guys. So Kenyon Drake... He can still catch the ball. He's not dependent on, you know, a positive game script to get him in there to be closing things down in the third and fourth quarter. To answer your question, that was a very long answer to your question. The answer is no, I'm not concerned with how well Kyler Murray is playing, impacting Kendrick's value. And you mentioned the number of plays they're running. 73 plays on offense this last week. This is what week. I told you and like, before the season yeah. started. They are a high-tempo offense, and they were always in line to run this many plays. Mm -hmm. More opportunity means more points. And they have a ton of skill to go with all of that opportunity. And all those things together, it just equates to just fancy gold mine. So I'm waiting for Christian Kirk to get involved. Yeah, that's um, the thing. It's been not so much an equal opportunity offense. It's been Murray, Hopkins, and Drake's been serviceable, not great. I mean, you know, his average per carry has been below four and a half. Still, we got to get him going a little you bit. You talk about buying into specific offenses, though. This is an offense that I want to be a part of. If if Kenyon Drake's available for, you know, a somewhat nominal rate, I think you jump on that because right now you're going to be getting him. This is basically his floor. Again, buying a value. This is a value right now. I think it's the, the sky's the limit for this team, and I think that you want to be a part of that. Chase Edmonds as well. I mean, barring, you know, like there could be injuries. Like I think you kind of have to set yourself up for – you know, getting ahead of injuries to a certain extent because, you know, obviously this waiver wire is going to be pretty nuts and you're still going to be able to get some good yeah. guys because there were so many injuries. But at the same time, if you don't have high waiver priority or you don't have a lot of fab to spend, if you can get ahead of injuries and start positioning yourself for handcuff backs and things like that. Chase Edmonds, yeah. Yeah, you can really strike gold if you have a guy in a good offense and Chase Edmonds with skill and being a part of this offense, I think is a huge candidate for me right now as a very preemptive pickup, even though he hasn't actually done anything yet, because we've already seen it's a at the, like before the season pickup. started. Yeah. Before the season started, Kenyon Drake was walking around in a walking boot. So there is potential that he could mm -hmm. re-aggravate and God knows whatever else could happen. I think Chase Edmonds for me is a really big guy right now in terms of handcuff value. One concern for me about Kenyon Drake before we move on, uh, not a huge one, but two targets at week one, yeah. two targets week two. I did expect more of him in the passing game. Maybe that's still just on the way. But it is something to keep an eye on if you're in a PPR league. Yeah, no, I expected them to spread the ball a lot more. In the air, it's mostly been the DeAndre Hopkins show. Yeah. Which I didn't see coming at all. That's why I had him ranked so lowly. Okay. I don't think any of us did, but pleasantly great, surprised. Yeah. Great AFC West game shootout. Not really. Defensive battle. It turns out maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire isn't the greatest player in all of football just yet. <laughs> um, nice to see that he, too, is a mere mortal like the rest of us. I want to bet against you uh, on Austin Eckler, guy. We put the number at 14.5. He went off for 18.8, so just barely. No. Uh, Joshua Kelly, sneakily, my top guy to pick up on the waiver wire. I think he's still available in many leagues. He went over 100 total yards in this game as well definitely pick him up regardless of Eckler's status he still is a valuable start 23 carries in this game and it definitely makes a difference when Justin Herbert's at quarterback for the Chargers offense to feel like a viable fantasy offense where your wide receivers aren't just like going to die yeah in my defense uh Tyrod Taylor got benched this week and that was my chief reasoning for Austin Eckler not having a good week um are you going to say you foresaw that coming, that Justin <laughs> Herbert would really open up the offense for no, Austin Eckler? No, no. <laughs> I, uh, I thought Tyrod would. I mean, I thought one way or another they'd use Austin more. So, yeah, it worked well, out. found a way to get it done. I, I was actually kind of surprised at how poorly the Chiefs played. Um, it wasn't just Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It was like everybody was having 
just miscues and it was it was a I don't know. Anthony Lynn terrible game to watch to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Has figured out ways to play the Chiefs. That yeah. Chargers defense is built to play the Chiefs. Yep, yep, like they can go, man. I mean, Chris Harris, sure, getting roasted for the touchdown gave up to Tyreek Hill. Well, guess what? Everybody gives up a touchdown to Tyreek Hill. He played really well against Tyreek in that game. Yep. And and that is one of the major keys to beating that team. My question now though is how scared are we of the Chargers defense? Because they gave up 20 points, or I guess 23 points because of overtime to the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. The week before that, gave up 13 to the Bengals, but then that Bengals offense blew yep. up. Yep. Sure, against the Browns, it's not uh, great. No, but no. Chargers defense for real. You know, I, and no I think doubt. this is more, I mean, because it's a divisional matchup, like you're saying, Anthony Lynn has, he has to play against the Chiefs twice a year. So he's seen this team, and he, like you said, he's built this defense to contend with them. Everyone in the AFC West has to have built to contend with the Chiefs because they're the top dog, right? Yeah, but playing no as the Bengals, come on, the Bengals the are just a bad team. Like they've got, you know, a whole new offense going on. I'm not on convinced. There. They're not a good team. I'm not convinced that the Chargers are good defense yet. They could sway me. I need I just need to still see a little more. I mean, they don't have Derwin James, which is a huge loss, but they're still producing. We'll see. On paper they're a great defense, but the concern is will the injuries just add up and they're yeah. a good defense <laughs> now, but they won't be in a a couple weeks because you know they lose Bosa and Ingram who are often injured I was gonna say they like of all the teams in the NFL they're the most oft injured are they not I mean they seem to have one of the worst yeah. like, strength and conditioning staffs in the NFL and they always yeah. battle with injuries year in and year out so in a year where injuries are already more prominent uh, we'll see. Yeah, it hasn't not. been the case with them yet, though. Yet, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> Mike Williams and Derwin James have been out, so they've yeah. they've got that going for them. We'll see. Uh, one more note on the Chargers, though. Eckler, fifty-seven percent of the time in the backfield. Joshua Kelly, fifty-two percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had twenty-three carries. I started him in my league, and I was happy. Make sure that you're trying to pick him up if you can. There are very few backs that got twenty-three carries. Week yeah. one or week two. Uh, Ravens, Texans, another bet we had in house. Who was on the David Jones, David Johnson under? Uh, was that you? You had the David. I Johnson think I had the over. David Johnson over. Did were you the one who had him on your sit list, or was that guy? That was guy. Okay. Yeah, I had him on my start list, and that's where so that bet came the, from. Oh yeah. Okay. So so, so I was wrong. Yeah. Just to throw that out there. And then what to make of this Ravens backfield? Gus Edwards has the most rushing yards. Lamar Jackson has the most carries. J.K. Dobbins has the longest run. Mark Ingram is the one who gets a touchdown. It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, that's not what you want as a fantasy owner. And what makes it even tougher, again, I'm mostly playing the PPR league, so that's how I my brain has been working when we go through this. The toughest part is there isn't a huge difference in the targets either. So it's yeah. not like you can even say, well, at least yeah. you know you're going to get the ball thrown his way a couple of times and salvage a couple points there. Is uh, this might be the best running game that I'm willing to say? Just don't touch it. I know because it's still 36, seven carries, 230 rushing yards. You'd think there would be one viable running back <laughs> in that backfield, but there really isn't. This is one where if you're trying to think ahead rather than a Chase Edmonds, mm -hmm. I might target J.K. Dobbins because he's making the most of his touches. I feel like we're a couple weeks away, but right now it's an absolute mess. I mean, Chase Evans is the guy you're getting on the waiver wire, and J.K. Dobbins is the guy you're gonna have to pay. You're gonna have to pay for, and I think you're buying him sort of at a ceiling here. Someone that drafted J.K. Dobbins, they know his potential. They saw his tape. They know that it's the Baltimore Ravens offense, and they see that Mark Ingram has been underperforming. I mean, maybe you have someone who hasn't been paying attention that much, but for the most part, people aren't dumb, man. J.K. Dobbins is the real deal, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him in years. Two come. carries week two. One reception. I mean, and that's I'm just the talking thing, about though. the skill on the fucking on the field though. Yeah. Like it's not showing up in the stat line yet, but if you're a JK Dobbins owner, you have to have seen that. I have him mm -hmm. in a league. I'm not letting anyone have him. I he's I'm waiting for that breakout. And I'm not I would selling. target him where you can find him in a redraft yeah. and he's on the waiver wire. And I'm not selling this Ravens backfield, especially with all the injuries we've seen. Eventually, like when this is a three-person backfield, I mean, you can even call it four with Lamar. That's when you have to stay away. But as soon as Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins or whoever it is misses a game, then all of a sudden it's the carry split two ways, and I'm happy starting either one of those guys. And that's why I'm not willing to sell this backfield yet. Yeah, I guess he is rostered in 90.6% of leagues. That's wow. a lot. Up 0.64% or 6.4%. 
And then the receiver situation for the Texans, a bit of a disaster with Will Fuller's mm. injury. Now it's going to be Brendan Cooks or Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills. I would, since I'm kind of assuming Brandon Cooks will be hurt in a couple weeks, I would just preemptively buy Randall Cobb stock and have him on my bench because I think he'll give me 10 points per game for a while in a PPR. So. And I just need to say this Kenny Stills bet I made when we each took receivers is looking worse and worse by the week. And I want to say, like, there's no way for me to back out of it now, but I'm willing to accept the defeat and not die on this horse. I, I mean, it's... I don't know. With the injuries, I think about. you're you got, coming like, alive. More games, yeah. Dude. You're giving yeah. up in week two. Well, I went home the night we made that bet and was not excited about it. I was yeah. like, the reason I like Kenny Stills is for the value you can get him at compared to the other weapons in the offense. Also, He's just he not getting the touches. He doesn't get injured as much as Cooks or also, Fuller. But at the same true. time, the fact that he hasn't been injured and he's still underperforming yeah. I mean, is three targets. concerning. He's so, just not being targeted. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like I that Randall Cobb pickup. If, you, if you're able to get him, mm-hmm. that's a sneaky good pickup, I think. Because yeah. like you said, Brandon Cooks is kind of – he's kind of due for an injury. So, uh, And that comes from someone who has Brandon Cooks in multiple leagues. It has a bet on him. I took him in that three-way bet, and uh, you know I'm just high on him in general. I'm nervous about his injury history and all the injuries that we saw this week. Um, yeah, I, I would start thinking about contingency plans for him. Mm-hmm. Another great fantasy matchup: Patriots Seahawks. Man, Cam Newton. Another dude like Josh Allen. You kind of got to start right now. Pick him up. Uh, these mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns are really just pain for themselves. Julian Edelman did not think he would be at this level. Did uh, eight catches for 170 yard, nine yards was beastly. Did Tom Brady hold Julian Edelman back? Eh, Is probably, that what we're seeing? Probably to some extent, yeah. Because because now with like the deep balls and all that kind of stuff, Julian Edelman. I mean, that was a career game. Eight catches, 179 yards. My goodness, he was everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cam, like, the rushing touchdowns help, but 397 passing yards doesn't hurt either. I hope like, there's this a little tongue-in-cheek in that because, <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, what, he yeah. only won, <laughs> what, four Super Bowls with him? Like, well, we don't care about that in fantasy, right? I, I get true. that, but at the same time, <laughs> look at all the weapons that are around yeah. Julian Edelman and how inept they are. So Julian Edelman is the guy that you kind of just have to go to. I think that the Seahawks might have underestimated Cam Newton, much like myself. Um, I thought that he was kind of, you know, that his arm was not very good anymore and that he was really just surviving on his mm-hmm. ability to run the ball. But we saw him really making some really good throws yep. in this game. He outthrew Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson got the win. Like you said, this is fantasy and we don't care about wins. We care about points. And Cam Newton right now is, I mean, this is like that 2015 Panther season where he's looking that good again. Uh-huh. He's um, not even familiar with that offense. I know they're yeah. running like thirty percent of that offense. I yeah. guarantee. Yeah. And the the thing is, it's Bill Belichick finally having a just a gadget that he can actually use. Yep. Because like you're saying, I mean, I don't want to say that Tom Brady was holding Julian Edelman back, but he didn't have <laughs> the dynamic playability that Cam Newton does right now. Yeah. And in terms of fantasy points, this is kind of unprecedented for this uh, New England offense. So, And just as a football nerd, it's really fun to watch this Cam Newton experiment go. Because, I mean, when they get down the red zone, how many times did we see them line up with a running back to the right, a running back behind him, and then just motion those guys where you want them? I'm not sure if it was, like, pre-planned where they go. It did seem like they were mostly going to the same spot every time or whether mm-hmm. that's, like, Cam seeing something and say, you're going there, and then just say Cam's going to run it, and then you counter with the pass. And it didn't work on the last play when they needed it to win the game, but now the Patriots know and Bill Belichick knows that they have that in the back pocket. That is something they can pull out. And just to see, like, is that something we're going to see a lot of next week? Do we not see it at all for two weeks, and then they go back to it? This Patriots team, like... Watching Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels learn how to use these guys is fun. I wish that it was two different guys and they were wearing different colors with a different logo. But as a football fan, it's fun. Um, that last play of that game, though, was I don't know what the hell they were thinking there. I didn't love it. But they, see, now they had a lot more points. But I think that, yeah, they'll look at that and be like, what the? 
and, 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 thinking. Yeah, as the buffs guy here, though, I can say that, like, the LaVisca Chenault in the Wildcat play was unstoppable. I think he was something like 13 of 14 when he had to pick up one yard, or I think it was like two yards or less when he was running that Wildcat play where you go up the middle. Now we learned on that last play, that is not just automatic. That can be stopped. And so you do need to counter it. And it's just so much fun to watch. My last take on the Patriots, though, uh, pick up Damian Harris. Because as soon as he comes back, he's going to go. Because Rex Burkhead doesn't have it. Sony Michelle doesn't have it. Yeah, that is Sonny going Michelle to be the lead guy. It is an understatement. Yes. Rex Burkhead, I think he's still dependable in terms of, like, blocking. Yeah. And when you're running an option like that, but, like, yeah. you know, having If that there's a set. fantasy viable back in this backfield with James White out, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Damian well, Harris I mean, when he comes back. Yeah, healthy. fortunately for James White, that's, you know, it's not an injury yeah, or anything. Yeah. It was a tragedy, but I think that he'll be back. So I don't know if we can, you know, start prognosticating on who it's going to be just yet. James White isn't, like, his career is not that's over true. because that's of true. this or anything. Sure, sure. So, He'll be coming back, but I do think that um, Rex Burkhead's ability to block is gonna, it's gonna um, That's allow him the opportunity to see man. the field more. I know. I'm I'm willing though at this point to to take my gamble on Damian Harris. Get in before we see him play well because I really think that's gonna happen. Especially because uh, you don't get pancake points famously yeah, in fantasy I mean, football. Yeah, sure. He's like your tenth waiver wire that's running fair. back pickup yeah. with all that we've talked about. Saints off or Seahawks offense, obviously incredible. Freddie Swain to me is becoming a pickup in dynasties. The rookie wide receiver from Florida, especially if you get return points, this is a nice little dynasty pickup. They've mm -hmm. been using him way more than I expected. Monday Night Football, Saints, Raiders, unexpected. Darren Waller is a beast. Alvin Kamara, obviously great. Uh, Josh Jacobs did not expect that from him, but they kept feeding him the ball. He was pretty nice, too, even though he didn't get in the end zone. Are we scared from the Saints passing offense? Obviously, they're more Michael Thomas dependent than we might have thought. Traquan Smith, a decent pickup. Emmanuel Sanders, really underwhelming. Drew Brees looks like his ARP card is in the mail. Yeah, not good. Without Michael Thomas, it's just, yeah. I, I think I'm fading that. Outside of Alvin Kamara, I'm fading that Saints team hard. And what's so tough is that I really like what I've seen from Traquan Smith. But in that offense, is it worth it with Drew Brees? And you have like that, that wild card or like that insurance policy in Jameis Winston where if things get so bad, Drew Brees is so bad, he can come in. And, you know, for fantasy, fantasy-wise, I would almost rather see him on the field if I have a Saints receiver instead of Drew Brees at this point. Is that a fair if take? Anything, Just purely fantasy-wise. It's like a car crash. You can't look away when Jameis Winston's in the game. Exactly. So I kind of do hope we see Jameis Winston now that you mention it. And, you know, like it's, it's almost like the Broncos' Super Bowl year when the offense started to lose it. You know, the, the defense obviously isn't up to those standards. But I do wonder if there will be a stretch where they say, hey, Drew, let's sit down for a couple weeks Let's throw Jameis in for a couple weeks and just let him ride. Yeah, Drew, you've had a fantastic Hall of Fame career and won the oh, city. No. It's I know these are hot ball. takes. Well, I know. We're going to sit you even though you're not hurt for this guy that threw 30 interceptions last year. From a fantasy standpoint, year. it'd be magnificent. Yeah, but yeah sure. It's not happening like, from an actual winning games from, yeah. in the NFL standpoint. It's absolutely not going to happen. We're a long ways away. Guy an exorbitant well, amount of money in order to absolutely. We're an injury career. away for everything to happen this yeah. season. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I guess that's it. I mean, Raiders, though. Josh Jacobs, not all that Ryan efficient. Ryan Edwards starting to come along. It just really yeah. makes you sick to see the Raiders succeeding. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Darren Waller, I said it, top four tight end. He certainly proved it last night. Yeah. 16 and targets. Nobody else had more than three in that offense. God, Josh Jacobs right now, in terms of fantasy, is, he's got to be top five, right? Running back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have three top five guys in the AFC West alone. Then you have Zeke Elliott. Then you start to consider Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones. Absolutely top it's Aaron, five. Well, Aaron Jones is like fucking right there. And then I got like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs. I'd probably put Clyde there, even though he had a dud this week, just because of his involvement in probably the best offense in the NFL. I'm going up against a good defense. Yeah. Dalvin Cook still kind of up there, I'd say. Top five, though? No, I mean, but we're well out of the top five. Miles Sanders still firmly in there. 
Then it gets a little tricky. Then it gets a little tricky. Time to answer some questions. I'll let you handle the Discord, Hank. I'm going off our post. If you're a subscriber, reach out. Lounge, our podcast post. You can always ask us questions, and we will be here to ask questions on our Thursday audio-only pod. And you guys asked a ton of great questions on the Tailgate Live Sunday mornings. So that mm -hmm. was phenomenal. Keep them coming all around. Jackstrop Jerry asks, Hey, guys, with A.J. Brown likely out this week, we're going to see this obviously was submitted prior to this, but I think it still applies. Who would I start at the flex? Traquan Smith, James Robinson, Robbie Anderson, or Josh Kelly? Thanks for the help. We don't have PPR specifications here, so I assume it's a standard. I'm still going to say Robbie Anderson. Really? I love really? the way they're using him nice. in that offense. And it's not just like, the, you know, everyone said like, oh, Robbie Anderson's just, you know, a deep threat, like Deshaun Jackson type of guy. That's absolutely not how they're using him. Like, yeah, he runs deep routes, but he's running underneath too. And like, he's seen the ball a lot. And this is a team that, you know, like we talk about, you know, game scripts. They're always going to be down, and they're always going to have to find somebody to make a big play. And Teddy Bridgewater has been looking his direction a lot. They seem to have good connection. And with Christian McCaffrey out, I think that just gives him more opportunities. So I'm very high on Robbie Anderson, and if he's still available on your waiver wire, for me, he might be the number one pickup. Here's the thing, though. The Panthers are playing the Chargers, and we just saw what the Chargers did. I, I really think that I would stay away, especially when you have Joshua Kelly on the other side right. going against the Panthers' it's defense. Oh, time. I like it. Uh, Where are we going? Over, under, do I do 10, no, 12? No. Josh let's, Kelly let's, yeah. outperforms Robbie Anderson fantasy-wise. Perfect. Josh Kelly, Robbie Anderson? Yep. Yeah. Okay, then I, I got Robbie Anderson. You guys are both taking Josh Kelly. Uh, uh, I am, for sure. Who are you taking here, Dre? It's a tough one. You said the bet, too. <laughs> I thought you already knew. I thought one you did that second. with your answer in mind. I just want to see who James Robinson and uh, Joshua Kelly play. Joshua so, Kelly plays the Panthers. Yeah, no, I'm taking Kelly for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. Let's do it. And then the count asks... What's something that you conscious continuously do in fantasy football that you know you shouldn't, but you can't help yourself? Ooh, I Love know what it is. I know what it is because I, I was know. just thinking about this today. The problem for me is that I take guys and think by the end of the year, they are going to be good. And this is somebody I'm going to want at the end of the season. But then I get to right now, week three, and I say, ooh, the waiver wire is looking nice. I might have to drop whoever it is and pick mm. somebody up. And the, the conversation I was having with myself today was Robbie Anderson. Just because there's so many guys on the waiver wire I like, I didn't pull the trigger, obviously. You just can't cut Robbie Anderson right now, I don't think. But that is mine, is that I draft somebody with the end of the season in mind and then get too quick to drop whoever that is to pick up a waiver guy. This one's easier for me. Uh, my biggest mistake is continuing to believe in the Detroit Lions fool that I am. I've been warned so many times and I've seen the evidence with my very own eyes and I continue to That's hitch great. my wagon to the Detroit Lions and I don't know why I do it and uh, yeah I probably should seek help for it at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, that's mine. <laughs> Not that it's I helpful used to overvalue running quarterbacks a lot. Oof. I don't huh. think you can overvalue them at this point. That's what he must have been really overvaluing. No, him. I mean, like, look at the way that Cam Newton has just right. Cam Newton, I could have picked Kyler off Murray. the waiver wire Lamar last Jackson week. Jackson had one of the best seasons from a quarterback ever. Right, right. When he it's, was picked up in like the tenth round is what in fantasy. Really buoyed that. Right. Again, Pat Mahomes, when he had his really good season, he was rushing the ball. These are all guys that Josh could have Allen? been had at really good values when you drafted them. Right. Josh I've Allen overdrafted right now, Michael Vick. I've overdrafted Aaron Rodgers because I like the way he scrambles. I've overdrafted Colin Kaepernick, um, RG3 back in the day, Cam Newton when he didn't have an MVP season. They're just, yeah, it's nice when they have good rushing production, but it's very hard to predict, and you just end up like overspending when you could have just waited for – Josh Allen in a year like this or Dak mm -hmm. Prescott in a year like this or Kyler in a year like this or Cam Newton in a year like this. You know, there's just like I would argue you still had to sort of overdraft to get them anyway. Like Josh Allen, you had to get in like what Josh like Allen, the seventh yes. to the eighth. 
Josh Allen, yes. Uh, you were overdrafting Dak. But he's. But my point is that he's actually rewarded you, you because were, Josh Allen, like his arm, is decent. But the way he's running the ball is like that's what's really yeah. sustaining his fancy production. But not so much last week where he finally threw for 400 yards. Yeah, it's crazy. It wasn't the running production, you know. So, it anyways, I, it helped. But I, it's just uh, it. It never. It rewards you way less than it punishes you. You're just better off waiting on quarterbacks and, like, playing it out. Uh, this one's from the Discord. Uncle Willie says, two quarterback league. Do I go all in with my fab to snag Herbert? Already have Matt Ryan and Jimmy G. Quarterback touchdowns are worth six. Well, Jimmy G is hurt, so that doesn't help. But here's the thing about Justin I Herbert. I think you'd have to spend that much for Justin Herbert, though. No. and Well, it's a two-quarterback league. I know that, Oh, so it would still. be more. But still, Justin Herbert? I mean, he's listen to this quote from uh, Anthony Lynn. There's a lot we didn't get done with Justin on the field yesterday. He's a backup for a reason. Like, Justin Herbert wasn't supposed to start that game. Tyrod right. Taylor was hurt. Justin Herbert is not the starter there. And if you're picking him up, you're hoping that he's going to be the starter eventually, which I think he will because I was impressed, well, especially compared to what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah but the second part of that quote was he's the backup for a reason. And, and that's that scary. concerns me, yeah. That yeah. means that they know that he's prone to mistakes. And yeah, we saw a good, we saw a good game from him. And I think yeah. that had more to do with the fact that the Chiefs weren't able to scout him, and they didn't name him the starter until what, like a half hour before the game. Yeah, because there was so a all freak of a sudden, injury. what's your game plan for Justin Herbert? So I think that he was able to exploit that. But I would be concerned moving forward just based on that quote. Like just I him, think he, him saying about his own quarterback that he's a backup for a reason is like yeah. his, his post game quotes were so weird. He was like. <laughs> Not high on Herbert. He was like, oh, I'm not going to give him a good grade. You know, we just lost the game, so we want to win games. We're not feeling super positive. And, like, just in general, I just think, like, Anthony Lynn was on one. Uh, and What, is he, like, yeah. the dad that you work your whole life for his approval? Yeah, exactly. And you never get it? And, like, obviously you weren't able to do a lot with Justin Herbert. A freak injury happened to your starter, and you had to start him, like, last minute obviously that's gonna limit your game plan mm -hmm. going in yeah no duh um wait did tyra get injured or was he yeah. just it was uh, a, i thought he was just held out no rib, it was a rib warming thing. up he found like his rib was hurting and stuff and he is questionable this week to play the panthers so uncle willie herbert's not a terrible pickup i'm assuming the quarterback market is basically dried up with it being a two quarterback league so he's probably the best you're going to find. And yes, he will be the long-term starter sooner rather than later. I would venture to say, assuming health for Herbert, that he starts at least 10 games this year. But when year. he asks if he could go all in on his fab budget. Well, for a I second, in a two-quarterback league. Especially like I, would, I would try to get him, yes. But when you say going all in in yeah. week three depleting your entire fab like that over a guy that just right. had his first start ever and you really are uncertain about the future of this team, I would not be going all in. Right, when you could wait for a Jameis who might open up. You know, there's other waiver wires we really like. I would only go all in on Herbert if this is a dynasty. And you don't mention it being a dynasty. And I would assume if it was a dynasty, Herbert would already be rostered. I also don't yeah. think so you're going to no, have... no, I wouldn't go all in. I don't think you're going to have too much competition either with like Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill. There's a lot of other guys that still Two have QB good weeks leagues, that are like yeah. down there on the list. Two but though, they're rostered though is the thing. They're rostered for sure. I don't know. Yeah. And the other thing is he does have a Jimmy G with the injury. Oh, yeah. No, he needs another yeah. quarterback. So if, if that's where you're stuck, you go for it. There's a decent chance he starts again this week. I agree he's going to be the starter halfway through and for the rest of the way. Yeah, if you didn't have a backup quarterback in a 2QB league, you're kind of already in hot water, so you might have forced your own hand there. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I got one on the stream here from uh, King La, I want to say. Um, would y'all keep Engram or Fant rest of season? I think this one is pretty damn easy. Fant. Fant. Fant, And, uh, I mean, Fant. with Jeff Driscoll, he still didn't miss a beat. He had that toe-tab catch down mm -hmm. the sideline, which was pretty amazing. Fant looks like the real deal. Uh, we're hoping that, you know, this injury bug doesn't continue to decimate the Broncos. But outside of that, it looks like, irrespective of who's at quarterback, he can still produce. And I think that Engram has shown, even though, you know, the big concern with him was he's got the talent, but he gets injured. And that's why, you know, it kind of oh, yeah. drove his stock down the draft. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's healthy and he's not producing. 
and there's been injuries to other guys in the receiving game for the Giants. And there are I problems with Ingram. There's talk of he's not a good enough stuff? blocker, and like yeah. Jason Garrett doesn't love him. Pat Shermer's the perfect offensive coordinator for these types of tight ends, and he's in Denver with Noah Fant. He's yep. no longer in New York with Evan Ingram. Exactly. That alone should split the tie. What two weeks in we've seen well, it. I don't even think also, it's even uh, tie either. So Cortland Sutton out. That's your number one red zone target. I think Noah Fant is now your number one red zone target. Yep. Yep. That helps too. And breaking, yep, we confirmed the Devontae Freeman to the Giants. I don't care who's starting at running back for the Giants. <laughs> no. Yeah, their offensive I'm, line is so bad. That yeah. I wasn't high on I, I didn't have Saquon in my top seven. And he's so, amazing, yeah. yeah, in terms of talent. Like, so Definitely don't care that Devontae Freeman's starting there. That's a bummer. When I heard about the Rams being a possibility, I got kind of excited yep. about that, but. I guess that just means Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, if he returns this week or next, becomes more important. Check us out on the podcast feed. We will keep being in the Broncos feed for a, a few more episodes. Soon enough, we will move on to the DMVR Fantasy, so subscribe to that. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, get yourself a $10 coupon. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. And, yes, tune in to that same Fantasy feed on Thursday so that we will answer more of your questions, get you set for going into week three I mean, with all the injuries, you really need, like, uh, the assistance that us or anyone else can provide. So tune in. Ride with us. Thank you for riding with us on this. Get your bets in on DraftKings for the Nuggets. And, yeah, best of luck to everyone. We will talk to you in a couple of days.